The following podcast is presented by the Women in Comedy Festival as part of the WICF Podcast Network. Check us out at WICF.com slash podcast. This is Adapted with Anna and Sam. We love books and we love movies. Warning, here be spoilers. Welcome to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna. And I'm Sam. In this podcast, we talk about a book, we talk about a movie or TV show based on that book, we play some fun games, and we encourage you to read and watch along with us. This episode, we are discussing the first couple of the detective genre, Nick and Nora Charles in Dashiell Hammett's The Thin Man. And in honor of Nick and Nora, we are... um, lubricating this episode (laughs) with some gin martinis of our own cheers Cheers. sam cheers that silence was us glugging the the gin yep is a great idea since i have the lowest tolerance (laughs) ever so i may this will be a very special episode yes we are uh, sam we are emulating day drinking with seth and whoever except now it's night drinking on a podcast so it's actually nothing pod drinking (laughs) with ann and sam Sam. yeah i I think it was only a matter of time became before this became a a drunken thing like most podcasters are yes yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you are, right? <laughs> Fellow podcast people out right. there, you are. I mean, I'm surprised we made it through the first entire season. It's because I was but, pregnant. Oh, that's true. That's why that's we true. didn't drink. See, I knew there was a reason. I knew there was a yeah, reason. Yeah, pretty much that, that was it, in fact. So what? what's your quick take, Sam? Um, I'm not sure if you've heard me mention this before, but I love this book and movie, and I just rewatch them all the time. Um, TMC, oh no, sorry, TCM, uh, the last few years have played the entire marathon of all six Thin Thin Man movies on New Year's Eve, and that's my New Year's Eve. It's amazing. How have I always missed that? I don't know, but it's like, that is everyone's like, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? I'm sitting on my couch and watching all thin six man this all six thin man movies. Oh, okay. See? The gin Wait, the gin is kicking in. It, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I've only had three. <laughs> What's your quick take? Well, I just I think this is such a delightful, effervescent movie. Especially when you think about the fact that it's 85 years old. Yes. Like, it holds up so well. Right? It's still so fun and flirtatious mm-hmm. and, and everyone like, who made it is dead. dead. And, like, the, the relationship between Nick and Nora is just so, I don't know, it's real, but it's, like, delightful. And apparently um, William Powell and Myrna Loy really did just enjoy each yes. other. Um Nothing I read indicated they were ever romantically no. involved, but mm-hmm. they worked together a ton and they just were loved working together and yeah. were really good friends. They were in like, I don't know, 13 movies together. Yeah, they did a bunch of movies besides The Thin yeah. Man. And I own most of them, but they're all very, very fun. They have fantastic chemistry. They really do. Can't fake that. No. Uh, So do you want to give us your six degrees? Yes, ma'am. All right. So uh, last episode, we watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So we're going to start with Jeff Goldblum. Nice. Who, of course, was in The Life Aquatic, Steve Zissou, (laughs) with Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon was in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban with Pam Ferris. She played Aunt Marge. Yes, she did. She was fantastic. She is a fantastic actress. She, really uh, she was. She's been in many things, but she was in Matilda with Danny DeVito, who was movie. in Romancing the Stone with Kathleen Turner. Isn't that such a good movie? I own both of them. You know what's weird is I've never seen the third one in the trilogy, The War of the Roses. It's technically actually a, not in the trilogy, right? Yeah, they're yeah. different characters. Yeah. But it's the same three people. Yeah. Well, they were all under contract. They had to make a third movie. And that's why it's a war. (laughs) Because they were sick of doing (laughs) the previous care. Which is too bad because they're so delightful. So delightful. But uh, anyways, Kathleen Turner was in 
Peggy Sue got married with Aww. Maureen O'Sullivan, who's nice. in The Thing Man. Good job. Thank you. What's your six degrees? All right. So I started off with Jeff Goldblum. Shocking. Right. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was in The Fly with Gina Davis. He was in several movies with Gina Davis. Yes, he was. He was they in were kissy, Earth kissy. Girls Are Easy. <laughs> I love that movie. It's I so do bad. Too. It's so bad. <laughs> Um, Gina Davis was in Tootsie with George Gaines. Oh my god, Tootsie. Tootsie. And George Gaines is Punky Brewster fame, but that's not how I linked him in here. I was gonna say if you if you worked in Punky Brewster. <laughs> I didn't. Um George Gaines was in The Way We Were with Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand was in Funny Girl with Walter Pigeon. Mm-hmm. And then Walter Pigeon was in Too Hot to Handle with Myrna Loy. And oh, Myrna Loy was go. in the Thin Land. Thin well man. done. Thank you. Um, I think we'd have a hard time using Punky Brewster because yeah. none of those actors really. No. But so I, feel like, I, I feel like Punky Brewster had quite a few famous guest stars. If I had really sat down and <laughs> concentrated, I might have been able to do it. But I didn't want to do it. That's max of effort. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, I take the easy path. Well, maybe, maybe that can be your challenge for this season is somehow (laughs) use Punky Brewster at some point. We'll see what I can do. So, Sam, do you want to tell us about the book? Sure, I would love to. Excuse me. The Thin Man was written by Dashiell Hammett and published first in December 1933 in an issue of Red Book Magazine, and then as a full novel in January 1934. Uh, Hammett actually only wrote a total of five novels, and Thin Man was the last of them, and a vast number of short stories. He created the characters of Sam Spade, who was famously portrayed by Humphrey Bogart in The Mm. Maltese Falcon, as well as The Continental Op. Um, And The Continental Op is in, he stars in a series of short stories, and he's like, you know, the true hard-boiled, grizzled detective dude, and he's actually really fun. Um, I don't remember when I first saw The Thin Man. I think I must have been in high school. I just remember needing to read the book. And then once I had finished reading the book, I wanted to read everything else that Dashiell Hammett wrote. Because it was just, it was like I hadn't really read the, you know, the the noir fiction, detective fiction mm-hmm. from the time period. And he just, his his writing style is so, like, not terse, but it's like, it just. It's very really direct. Flows. Yeah, it's very direct and and. and just enjoyable and you don't get stuck reading like paragraphs of sentences where you can just kind of like lose your train of thought after like half a sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's very modern. Exactly. Uh, now, would you consider The Thin Man to be noir though? Not to the same level as say Mal- The Maltese Falcon right. or The Continental Op. Um, there's still some flavors of it, but he's not the the lovelorn, grizzled detective who is like you know drowning his his life in alcohol and booze. And... Yeah, what's interesting? Well, I mean, he's drink- he Johnny's is drinking a lot. a lot, drinking a lot. But <laughs> well, I get the impression that Nick did live that life. Yes, and now he's he's out, out of, of it. it. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's kind of like Dashiell Hammett's reaction to, you know being in the noir all the time mm-hmm. and trying to be like, there's also fun afterwards. Like you can still come out of this it. This is life. the manic period after exactly. the depression. <laughs> but still heavy drinking. Yes. Still lots of drinking. Oh my God. Um, so I definitely recommend checking out his other work, particularly his continental op series. Um, they're very short, somewhat violent sometimes, but very much of the of that genre if you like it how violent like can my mom read them she might be able to yeah okay yeah all right um like yeah if she can if you if she's seen the maltese falcon it's not anything worse than that okay yeah um and definitely check out dashiell hammett's life he led quite an interesting one he was a pinkerton right yeah and then he also testified before the house on american activities committee um and he refused to cooperate so he ended up on the blacklist I didn't know that. Yeah, he was one of the blacklisted. Um, and Sam, Shep- Sam Shepard played him in a, the biographical TV movie Dash and Lily. And since I love me Sam Sam Shepard, it's a win-win. Mm, yeah, Sam and Dash. Right. And Lily is, of course, Lillian Hellman. Yes, who is a famous playwright in mm-hmm. her own. Yeah. Um, but I should probably talk about the book now. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure. Yikes. laughs> 
Um, so Hammett actually never wrote a sequel to the movies, uh, to the novel, though he wrote the treatments for the second and third Thin Man movies. Not He wrote, like, screenplays, but they weren't used as the screenplays. Mm. They were kind of, like, the basis of, and then somebody else came on and wrote them. Sure. Um, and these were actually published in 2012 as novellas in Return of the Thin Man. So you can buy them and read them if you want. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I kind I of assumed... It. Um, that the film sequels were just pulled out of thin air, but basically he actually did work on them. Yeah, he did. He worked on the f- the first two sequels, but then sequels four through six, I he had nothing to do with. And okay. you can you can tell if you yeah. watch them, you can definitely tell. Um. So yeah. Anyways, on to my book report. <laughs> <laughs> um, the novel is told through first person narration, and we are introduced to our narrator Nick Charles in a speakeasy, and he's a former private detective and now a well-to-do businessman overseeing his wife's family's money in the various forms of businesses and stuff that he took over after her dad died. Nice work if he could get it. Right? I'm like, sign me up for that. Yeah, I'm just marry rich. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he seems to do love his wife, but oh. still. She's also like 15 years younger, younger. than him. Yep. Really beautiful. Oh. Funny, I mean, what's smart. Not, what's not to like? Just find a girl like that, Sam. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, and so he is approached by Dorothy Winant asking about her father. Uh, we also meet Nick's wife, Nora, and their dog, Asta, who is a schnauzer. And he makes a point to point out what kind of dog Asta is, because that's the kind of detail everybody needs. Is dog breed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So definitely a schnauzer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Christmas time, and the Charleses are in New York for a brief visit from San Francisco. Nick is drawn, against his will, into the search for Clyde Miller Winant. Winant was a former client of Nick's. He had hired Nick to find a man named Rosewater, who had been threatening Winant's life and his family over some supposedly stolen inventions. Uh, Winant hasn't seen, hasn't been seen or heard from in three months. Uh, ever since he said he was going out of town to work on some super secret invention. Wynant is described as tall, over six feet, and one of the thinnest men Nick has ever met. Hence, the thin the man. The thin man. Mm-hmm. Not Nick Charles. I just want to throw that out there. Let's be accurate. That's not who the thin man is. Um... So shortly after Winant's lawyer, Herbert McCauley, learns Winant is supposedly back in town, Winant's secretary-slash-lover, Julia Wolfe, is discovered dead in her apartment by Winant's ex-wife, Mimi Jorgensen. Uh, Nick and Nora drink lots of alcohol and exchange the best witty banter ever. As Nick investigates, I say this in quotes, because he protests that he is not on the case until about two-thirds of the way through the book. He, people just keep, like, showing up at his apartment, being <laughs> yeah. like, I heard you're investigating this. Yeah. Here's another clue. Exactly. Like, I heard you're, you're investigating. I didn't do it. I'm going to shoot you to prove I didn't do it. <laughs> That's, I hate when that happens. <laughs> right? I mean, it happens to me all the time. Three times a week, at yeah, least. at least. Yep. Um... And so he's investigating Wyden's disappearance and the murders of Julia Wolfe, a man named Nunheim, and eventually an unknown skeleton found in Wyden's shop at the very end of the novel. Uh, Nick relies on information from friends, again I say in quotes, because they are men he had sent to prison for various crimes, but they all like him, so there's that. They're all happy to help him all the time. I love how they portray that in the movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, he sent me up the river. He's a good guy. Yeah, totally happy to help Nick out. Although Uh, none of them can be trusted. No. Oh, God, And, like, half of them are hiding information. Or, Or, like, they're just drunk using him for his long-distance telephone, Mm -hmm. you know. Or all of the above. All of the above. It's hilarious. Uh, Winant's family is awful Mm -hmm. and not really very sympathetic at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the ex-wife only wants more money and also beats her children. Yeah, and Mimi is... She's... She's like a serpent. Totally. And, like, they, they like, soften her up in the movie. They do. Um, which is She's a lot less. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. In the book, she keeps dropping not subtle hints yeah. that she and Nick hooked up. And yeah. he never, never actually denies, denies it. it. But he also... That's not the kind of thing Nick would do. Yeah. And so, so I don't... I don't, I don't think know. they ever did. I don't think so either. But she's the kind of woman who would, like, 
flirt with a man in front of his wife, oh, implying yeah. that they slept together. Yeah. And feel no bad, no qualms about it. Yeah, she's, she's a she's piece terrible. of work. Yeah. But, ha ha ha, I mean, no, I'm not saying karma is a real thing, but karma might be a real thing. Her new husband is actually the Rosewater guy who is threatening Winant the whole time. And has been lo- using her the whole time. And has been using mm-hmm. her for her own money. Yep. <laughs> so, ha ha there. Um, she gets what she deserves. She really does. Uh, Dorothy the Winant is clearly working through some issues, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she is. She drinks a lot throughout the book she's very and it's not like a playful drinking yeah yeah like nick and nora like they drink a lot but it's playful Mm -hmm. you know they don't they don't get like scary like mean dorothy seems a little unhinged she does i I feel like she's got a lot of her mother and her father Mm -hmm. coming out of her in this book Dangerous combination. Very dangerous. Those people should not have reproduced. I don't think so. And her brother's also... He's... Yeah. I mean, he's actually worse in the movie, in my yes, opinion. Yes, he is. Um, but yeah, he's very much into true crime. So I think he would totally fit into today's society, though. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert's the only one who has any hope. He really does. Which is not true in the movie, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um... So then Wynant is spotted throughout the story in various places, including Allentown, Pennsylvania, where he supposedly tries to commit suicide. Um, but then all these sightings turn out to be false because it turns out the skeleton in Wynant's shop is actually Wynant, uh, who has been dead this entire time. Oh, my God. Uh, Nick reveals the lawyer Macaulay killed him because Macaulay and Julia Wolfe had been stealing from Wynant and Wynant found out. By killing Winant, Macaulay could use his power of attorney to sloan all of Winant's money into Macaulay's accounts. Macaulay killed Julia Wolf because he was afraid she wouldn't be able to keep their secret, and he killed Nunheim because Nunheim saw him leave Julia's apartment. And of course, all of this is revealed to Nora by Nick after he has helped the police interrogate Macaulay. And the reason why it's important that he's the thin man is because when they find the skeleton in the they, basement yeah, of his... Yeah, they have him dressed in and clothes to indicate he's a fat man. Right, but that was a... That was, a, that was a red herring. There are a lot of red herrings there in this are. book. Yeah, and also another thing that they put with a skeleton is a, a bell buckle that says DWQ to try and throw them off the state the mm-hmm. scent. So this book is filled with red herrings. Not nearly as many as like an Agatha Christie novel, mm-hmm. but enough where you're just like, what's going on? Well, I found it interesting that you could never trust what any of the characters were saying. Mm-hmm. I mean... People kept switching sides. Yep. At one point, Guild shows up. The police, the police officer, detective. Guild, yep. he shows up pretty much ready to arrest Nick, Nick because something that Mimi said. Right. I'm like, why would you ever trust Mimi? Don't trust Mimi. Oh, my God. She's and then the, the worst. Yeah, the, the best part is, like, um, Mimi's the one who actually gives the Macaulay up as the killer because they're in, the, they're in with the Charleses, and Nick's, like, and Mimi's trying to say, no, I really saw Wynant the other day. He gave me this, this bracelet. And Nick's like, Mimi, you can either get the small amount of money now or because you were actually never truly married to Jorgensen, you are now the heir of Winant. So because he's dead, you would get a lot more money. And Mimi's like, what? You jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Like Macaulay was actually scamming her out of her inheritance. And like it like took Nick Charles to like point that out to Mimi because she's like all about instant gratification oh, yeah. with the money. All she wants is the money. Yeah. So it was hilarious. But yeah, so and that's the book. It's I glossed over a lot, um, but I do recommend that everybody read it. It's just it's so good. There's some very fun parties and I think one of my favorite parts is the description when they go to they go to some high society party and the way he describes some of the people there yes. who all hate each other and are talking to you back and yep. everyone's marriage is failing. And, and it's it's just, it's hilarious. It's delightful. It's super delightful. Plus, of course, balls. Yes. So one of my favorite parts in the, one of my other favorite parts in the book is Nunheim's live-in girlfriend, Miriam. They're trying to get her to give them information. And every time they give her a reason, she's like, Balls, you're not telling me the truth. Balls, you all you care about is this. And then later they're, I don't even remember what they're doing. They're confronting Mimi or something. But oh, yeah, Dorothy. in the background, Dorothy is just like, 
balls. And the way he, the narration is just, she said it quietly, but with real feeling. <laughs> and I just, I think we should always say balls with I, feeling. Yes, I feel like that is one of my favorite kind of curses to mm-hmm. just... Apparently, that does not uh, go against our um, no uh, code for this podcast. Balls no. isn't balls swearing. Is, no, it's totally it's fine. No, it doesn't make it explicit. Balls. I mean, we could just be saying bouncing balls or juggling balls. If you're into that. Which, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Only on weekends. <laughs> So, Anna, do you want to give us your report from the balcony? I'd love to. (laughs) So, The Thin Man was released in 1934, directed by W.S. Van Dyke. It stars William Powell and Myrna Loy as Nick and Nora Charles. The story is that the studio actually didn't want to cast Myrna Loy, and so they told Van Dyke he could only have her for three weeks before she had to start filming her next movie. But, um... Van Dyke was actually famous for only doing one shot and shooting really quickly. Like he nice. had a, a, a reputation as being the cheapest yeah. director on the studio. <laughs> so he shot it in 16 days, although some sources say it was 18. Yeah, but, but still. Much less than three weeks. weeks. Yep. Um, and so a lot of those film, uh, a lot of those scenes from the film were the first take. Those are amazing. Or... Um, Apparently, the first scene with uh, with Nick, when he's shaking the martini shaker, uh, Van Dyke had told him, just do a, a walkthrough while we're setting up, and then we'll film. But they actually were filming him, so he didn't realize that was going to be That's amazing, mm-hmm. because that is the best introduction to It's the best Charles. introduction, and that's why uh, Powell is such a great yep. casting. Um, and then a lot of the banter and business uh, in the film were... Powell and Myrna Loy just riffing off of each other and playing around. I love them so much. Um, they're great together. So it was supposed to be a B picture, but was so immensely popular that it spawned the five sequels. Yep. Um, and uh, we, uh, we are not only drinking gin martinis now. Cheers. Cheers. We actually also drank gin martinis while we were watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't own enough martini glasses so instead we use plastic margarita glasses we're super classy yeah and we would totally fit into the highest society oh yeah we'd be best friends with martinello oh yeah um this time we're using wine glasses (laughs) um but maybe we should get martini glasses i don't know keep doing this um (laughs) so yeah we're super glamorous oh we are but, um, I need to go along the glamour. I'm wearing a hooded sweatshirt, and I was going to wear my yoga pants today. I so. am wearing my yoga pants. <laughs> and I have baby spit up on every item of clothing I'm wearing. <laughs> so there. Yeah. I was not wearing my yoga pants this morning, but I got peed on. So oh, nice. now I'm wearing my yoga pants. Nice. This is my day. Yeah. Boy. Um, <laughs> parenthood is so much fun. Um, and... Also, we had one martini each while we were watching the movie, and I definitely took some very long blinks towards the end, <laughs> so I may have missed some plot points, whatever. It's totally fine. But I, I seriously question Nick's ability to investigate a case when he's having six martinis a night. The amount that these people drink is insane. Like, how are they functional? All right. Oh, man. Well, so, it's funny. Like, it was actually re-watching it again this time where I realized the scene with Nora with the ice pack on her head was the same day yeah, of the the whole six things. And I was like, because for whatever reason, I thought it was like the next morning. And I was like, oh, no, no, that's that afternoon. It's the same day. She's just recovering. She's just recovering from her lunch. Because she's trying to keep up with Nick. Right, which you can't do. That's... He's very thin. Where does he put it? <laughs> He's not the thin man. But also he's thin. <laughs> All right. So in the book, we never actually see Wynan. He no. is a MacGuffin. But um, the film actually starts with Wynan working in his lab. Uh, he's portrayed as a lovable grumpus, firing his assistant Tanner for making a mistake, and then moments later, forgetting, asking him why he's leaving when there's still yep. work to do. Um, he's also a doting, if absent father. His lovely daughter, Dorothy Wynan, uh, played by Marina Sullivan, arrives at the lab. 
Uh, in tow is her fiance Tommy, played by Henry Wadsworth. A new uh, addition to yep, the cast. That character was created for the film. Mm-hmm. I almost wrote a fabricated character, and then I was like, <laughs> they're, they're all fabricated. All yeah, the book is also fiction, Anna, so good job. I feel like in one of our later episodes, you can say a fabricated character. Yeah, next time we do a, a film based on a nonfiction book, I <laughs> yeah. can work that in. Or maybe I can just learn English, whatever. <laughs> So she's uh, brought Tommy to meet her father for the first time and also ask Wynant to give her away at their wedding, which will be right after Christmas. Uh, Wynant then tells her he is going to be leaving town for a little while, but he will be back in time for Christmas and for the wedding. So Wynant's relationship with his kids in the movie is much closer than it is in the book. Yeah. Like, she calls him darling. She's really doting on him. In the book, his kids haven't seen him in like five years. Yep. The family is really messed up in the book. So messed up. Um, so the first two scenes of the film, we're actually following Wynant, and we get uh, clues dropped about what's going to happen to him and who the suspects will end up being. So as Dorothy leaves, uh, the lawyer Macaulay, who's played by Porter Hall, arrives with cash for Wynant's trip. Uh, remember when you had to, like, actually have cash? I don't, actually. <laughs> I vaguely remember traveling abroad and having to get the right cash yes. and the right... Um, yep. I kind of miss those days, honestly. I mean, it's super easy to just pull out my credit card and pay, like, yeah, here. Yeah, a little too easy. Exactly. It's part of the problem. Yep. Uh, Wynan asks Tanner about bonds that are missing from his safe, and we find out Wynan's being scammed by his mistress, Julia Wolf, who's played by Natalie Moorhead. Um Julia in the movie has the most ridiculous affected accent. Oh my goodness. And her uh, platinum finger waves mm-hmm. are so severe. I don't She's like very interesting. She really is. She's yeah. She's a little unappealing. I got to yeah, say I don't I don't understand why no. it's type. Cuz it goes from like Mimi to Julia and I really mean, well, neither of them are They're not they're not neither of them are appealing in any way shape or form, but I can see why you'd go from Mimi to a Julia Wolf. Oh, that's a, that feels like a step up. Yeah. Fair enough. He's, I mean, I feel like he was slowly working his way up too, but he just never got there because he was killed. <laughs> he, he died before he could work his way up to someone halfway decent. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and not that Julie Wolf wasn't necessarily decent, but I feel like she was also working through some things. She was scamming him. Yeah, exactly. And stealing money from him. She had him. a rough childhood. Okay. You don't know her. I- <laughs> So judgmental. All right. So leaving Wynant behind, we're at the hotel bar where the dashing Nick Charles mixes the perfect martini. The important thing is the rhythm. (laughs) Uh, There he bumps into Dorothy and Tommy. And that's pretty much where the film uh, and the book meet up. Um, As we've mentioned before, Dorothy's a very different character in the film. Um, In the book, you know, I honestly started doubting Mm -hmm. that she was telling the truth. And I started to wonder if she might be... The killer. Yeah. Um, in the film, she's doe-eyed, innocent, ingenue. Um, Everything you expect from the daughter of a young, a young girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the book, she's drinking and she's mucking around with uh, Quinn, who's married. Um, whereas in the film, uh, Quinn actually doesn't even show up until that last dinner party when Dorothy's so devastated because her father's been accused of murder and uh, she's given up on life and gotten rid of Tommy and is slumming it and drinking. And that's pretty much the whole book for her. her yeah. Is the last five is the slumming scenes, and drinking. Yeah. 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 All right. But I skipped ahead. So, uh, the opening scene also features Nora's amazing entrance. She yes. is dragged by Asta shedding packages as she storms through the lobby and finally landing prone on the floor at her husband's feet. And this is before she drank six martinis. Yes. <laughs> She's she, amazing. That's great. She gets martini. He asks asks him how many he's had and asks for five more lined <laughs> up right next to it. All right. So there's lots of twists and turns in the book and in the movie, and I'm not going to go through all of them. They're lies and double crosses, and mm-hmm. you never know who to trust. Yep. It's, um, it's a wild goose chase. Uh, we still have Detective Guild. He's played by Nat Pendleton and looks like a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> yeah, he um, does. Uh, Mimi's still slimy and untrustworthy. Moonheim is still a weasel. Mm. Um, For you Batman fans out there, her husband is played by Cesar Romero. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Cesar yeah. Romero. 
uh, is playing Jorgensen. Yep. Jorgensen? Jorgensen? It's Jorgensen in this case. I know. Um, yes, he starred in Batman. Yeah, and uh, there's some delightful jokes in the yeah. film. We so just don't never hear anyone say balls. No. Which is a disappointment. <sighs> so, um, all these twists and turns. It seems we have definitive proof of wine and guilt when Mimi produces the bracelet. Um, not the bracelet, the watch, watch chain. chain. Mm-hmm. And she says she found it with Julia's body. Uh, Nick, of course, has his doubts, and he and Guild go to Wine and Slab, where Asta, mm-hmm. the dog, won't stop sniffing one particular corner. Nick breaks the floor and insists that they dig it up, and they find yep. the body and clothes. They find the skeleton, and Again. with it, the clothes Close. of a fat man. Yep. Now, another thing that the film does differently is the dramatic dinner scene. I love it. So, Nick and Nora invite all of the players to their place for dinner, and that's where they unmask um, the killer. Uh, Jorgensen is there instead of holed up in Boston with his other wife. And in the film, he's not Rosewater. No. He's just a guy. He's who just a guy me. who is a bigamist. Yeah. Um, he unmasked Macaulay as the villain. And then once the truth is revealed, we have a happy ending. Dorothy and Tommy are reunited, and they are on the same train back to California with Nick and Nora. And they're married now. And they're married, and Nick and Nora go to the sleeping car, and Mm. wink, wink, Mm. nudge, nudge, share a bunk. Ace code, be damned. (laughs) And that's my book report. That's my my book report. That's my, wow, this martini is really strong. (laughs) God, that's my movie report. Well, thank you so much for that. Clink, clink. <laughs> oh, so yeah, let's take a drink. Now it's time for some fun and games. Yay! Yay! So, Sham, who are your hotties? I mean, well, clearly it's <laughs> William Powell. William Powell. Oh my God, I mean, William Powell. He's not like traditionally no, handsome, but he is dashing. He is so dashing. And yeah. honestly, his humor does it for me. Does he have a thin little mustache? He does. He does. Very few men can pull that off. He, I don't know what he really can, though. He's his got personality. that thin, and everybody else ought to be like, you shave it or you grow it out completely. Yes, I would not, not tolerate that. that. But on him, if He's he alive. did anything else, I'd be like, who are you? that back on put that back on um, um and do then you have any other hotties have two more hotties okay. uh myrna loy mm-hmm. i adore her mm-hmm. i want to be her if i could but that's not gonna happen you're gonna have to get the eyebrows though exactly eh, pencil in the high eyebrows yeah and then tommy even though i'm pretty sure he's only five years old <laughs> <laughs> well i only had two hotties i had nick charles and tommy because you know nice. he's pretty he's pretty he's, he's super pretty not offensive no and he's pretty i mean we could have always gone for like morelli or guild or something Ooh. but they're not really my no type. that's not okay i'm not no. okay with that no, no. <laughs> the great thing about this movie i wouldn't say great but the hilarious thing about this movie is they did a really good job casting mm-hmm uh, so like all of nick's buddies who that he sent away they all looked like like you know your typical boxer criminal type type things that you expect from the 1930s gangs there's a lot of great faces great faces like they had a lot of um cauliflower ears missing mm-hmm. teeth you know just big bulbous noses from the broken nut- it was they did a great job well i think the the mob was actually really prevalent in Hollywood in the yeah, 30s. Yeah, so, so I feel like they had a big pool to choose from. Yeah, they just, the guys were just there. They were. And they're like, hey, they did a roundup. We're like, all right, you're all in. So uh, Nick Powell was dating Jean Harlow when William she died. Powell? What did I say? Nick Powell? <laughs> William Powell, who plays Nick Charles, was dating Jean Harlow when she died. She was such a bombshell. Oh, she was the original blonde bombshell. Yeah. She was married... I forget how many times, like three or four times before. She, she was 26 when she died, yeah. and she was married three, three or four times, times yep. already. Um, but one of her one of her ex-husbands mm-hmm. was famously a guy in the mafia. Yep. So, I mean, they were there. They were there. They were right like, there. you could not escape them. No. At all. Not if you wanted to. No. No. Um, all right. So those are our hotties, then. What are your top three styles? So they all belong to Nora. 
Yes. She was. Uh, so her first, the first one was her striped dress that she wore at her Christmas Eve party mm-hmm. with the spaghetti strap. But one of them was like this giant tulle ruffle that went over the shoulder and then it like followed it along her skirt. And it was just, it was so cool. That was one of mine too. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, and then later on, she wore this black dress or robe with a ruffle. Mm-hmm. And it was just so elegant. And I was like, ooh. And then um, her plaid dress and hat suit. The matching she, hat. The matching hat that, ooh, sorry, um, that she wore when she when Nick tricked her to going to the... Grant's um, tomb. Grant's tomb. <laughs> I almost gave one to Mimi, but honestly, her I looks can, were all like... Yeah. They were a little... They were elegant, but they were unappealing. They were very severe. Because it's her. She's yeah. unappealing. She, like, the, the last... One of the last dresses she was wearing was that, like, the... The black, uh, the black skin tight. Up and it to looked the like neck. it was oil. Yeah, and it like lo- the long sleeves and I just, yeah, I I couldn't bring myself. No. So um, I also had that cocktail dress nice. that was so beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, I had her her first outfit. She had this coat with this huge yes. fur collar, and I'm normally not a fan of fur, but it just it worked. It worked so well. It was like popping her collar times ten. Mm-hmm. And then my third outfit, she had, like, this silky robe. Yes. Again, with fur trim. Yep. Not normally a fur fan. No, but, but she pulls it off. Nora pulls it off. She really does. Yeah, yeah. All right, so is it time for some quizzes and questions? It is. All right. Hit me up. So, um, have you you've seen all of the sequels? I have. If for someone who has not seen any of them, okay. what would you recommend? I'm cheating a little bit because I actually just wanted to ask you like should I watch the other ones which ones should I watch um I would definitely watch the first and uh, the second and third ones okay um the second one has Jimmy Stewart a young James a young James Stewart um and he's fantastic and um it deals with Nora's family so you Mm -hmm. get to see her family a little bit and I think because Dashiell Hammett was involved it still feels like a Nick and Nora Charles movie Mm -hmm. and the same with the third one um the third one's called Another Thin Man um and so you that one still feels like they are who they are there um four through six I mean you're not really missing anything if you don't watch them um, but as a complete set, I think it makes sense to watch them all. Um, but you're really not missing anything by not. So if they're on, watch them. If they're not, you don't have to worry okay. about them. Okay. So I should seek out the second or third one. Yes. Though. Okay. Okay. And listeners, you can do the same. Yes. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you watch all six, you're not like wasting time in my opinion, but you don't. No more than watching any other sequel. Exactly. You- be wasting more time by watching Star Wars Phantom Menace than... Exactly. Exactly. Such a travesty. Yep. So, something that really surprised me is that this has never been remade. No one's ever attempted to do a, a remake, which, considering how many other surprising. things have been remade. Yeah. So, my other question for you is, if they did it today, who would be Nick and Nora Charles? Oh, crap. Um... Uh... Uh, Think about it. I'm yeah. I don't know. I mean, I this is gonna sound completely off the wall, but this is just from their Instagram <laughs> res- relationship. Mindy Kaling and Ike Barinholtz. I don't know who Ike Barinholtz is. Um, you haven't seen Suicide Squad? No, and I never will. I please don't. I'd rather watch all six. Um. Nick and Nora prequels, sequels. Have you seen The Mindy Project? No, I haven't. Um, those are the only two things I can think of right now. What's his name? Ike Barinholtz. But they're hilarious on Instagram. Ike so, von Barinholtz? Yeah, so his you spell his last name B-A-R-I-N-H-O-L-T-Z. Got him. Okay. Um, but on Instagram, they're, they're friends in real life, and they were in The Mindy Project together. Oh, he looks familiar. Yeah. Um, but, like, she'll post photos, and then he'll post, like, this epic long comment about, like, him asking her to do him a favor. So there was this one thing where she was, like, at an award show, 
and he and they're all jokes it's hilarious you know that he doesn't really mean it but he like posted like hey i'm in line you know waiting like you told me to are you saving my seat could you help could you like have get them to bring me in and it's just it's funny and so today she just posted i guess it's his birthday or something and so she posted a picture and it's her standing next to him but she cut the top of his head off <laughs> so she's like in honor of my friend ike Barinholtz, happy birthday here's you i have a picture of you in my main feed and so then his comment to her was like thank you so much for this i really appreciate it i'm so grateful but would you mind reposting and recropping here's how you do it you know still really grateful but please repost re- cut and repost <laughs> oh dear yeah so I just and but I, I, I have to think about it more to see if I can come up with something better but who would you cast I think I would cast alright so as Nora I think maybe Emma Stone okay yeah yeah but yeah. I don't know who I'd cast as Nick Cause he should be a little older than her but not yep too old this isn't no. a woody allen movie no 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 oh god no <laughs> hmm if we were going with emma stone I'd and by the way i like the mindy kaling yeah. option like that's a really good choice yeah. but emma stone's the first woman who pops into my head mm-hmm. but like who would i pair her with who's a little older than her but is not creepy but and he's like gotta have some sort of he's got he has to be dashing yeah and he has to be funny <sighs> what do you think about like mark ruffalo no, he's not dashing enough. He's like schlubby hands. What about one of the Chris's? Are they too young? Chris Pine could pull it off. Right? I he's funny. Like he's funny and he's dash. He can be dashing. Oh. All right. How does he look with a tiny pencil thin mustache? <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily a Nick Charles No, that thing. is a requirement. <laughs> Without the pencil thin mustache, it doesn't work. Well, all right. Um, Chris Pine, would you please post a picture of yourself with a pencil thin mustache so we can judge how well you would be Nick Charles? Or anyone else. Photoshop <laughs> one on his face. I mean, it's not hard to do. No, no, no. Chris Pine needs to post the picture. Okay, just in case requests to celebrities work the way, like, the genie with the three wishes. Don't, don't waste a wish on this, Sam. Oh, no, if I didn't. Chris Pine is listening, ask for something bigger. I never said I wish. Fair. Fair. <laughs> that was an order. <laughs> I demand. You must do this for me. Oh, oh. man. All right. All well, right. If you are interested in being cast in our production of the there remake are, of The Thin Man. If you would like to play me, Jorgensen. Adapted with Anna and Sam at, at gmail.com. Gmail. I'll be playing Asta. Are you a schnauzer or a wire fox hair terrier or whatever it is in the Sam, movie? Clearly I'm a wire fox hair terrier. <laughs> clearly. I'm pretty sure I mixed that up. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I do know that according to the interwebs, Asta bit Myrna Loy. What? Yeah. They weren't. A, they were not allowed to interact with the dog at all in between takes. That's hilarious. And he bit her. <laughs> I don't know if the rule of no touching the dog after happened, happened after <laughs> because he bit her, yeah. or if the rule is already in place. She ignored yeah. it and got and what she, she deserved. Karma. Either way, she had rabies. Aww. She didn't. I made that part up. <laughs> so, the moral of the story is don't touch the dog. Don't touch the dog. It's really funny because, like, in the... I mean, they mentioned Asta in the book, and he's clearly a part of their family and everything. But in the movie, he's, like, he's like a big character. Like, they always cut away to his reaction shots. It's, like, it's always, like, Asta, Asta, Asta. It's, like, they add bits for the dog. People love dogs. They do. Um, but it's even more prevalent in the 30s, I feel like. Like, this was a big thing. People went to the movies for animals. Mm-hmm. And, well, we, we, now we have the internet for animals. That's true. There's I love entire, cat videos. Yeah, there's a, a large portion of the internet <laughs> is dedicated to yes. cat videos. Yes. There's this entire feed on Instagram called Animals Doing Things. There's And just stupid animal videos. There's entire great. websites dedicated to cats that are thick like this is not <laughs> yeah this is not this is not new though no i think it's the point no it's not it's just evolved do you have any questions I for do. me i do 
Um, so what state would your liver be in if you drank as much as Nick and Nora Charles? Uh, it would be in a state of the ninth circle of hell. <laughs> so you wouldn't have necessarily lived as long as William Powell. I would not have lived as long as poor Jean Harlow. Like, <laughs> they drink so much. Oh, my God. Sam, I've had a single martini, and I can't remember my own middle name. I think it's Asta. Oh, it's totally Asta. Your mom is, like, a big fan. Yeah. Uh, your true. dad wanted it to be Mrs. Asta, but he's, but your mom said no. This is a very interesting backstory <laughs> for my parents. Um, actually, my mom almost named me after a Grateful Dead song. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. totally see that. Nice. I don't know why my mom named me Samantha. Oh, yeah, I do. She wanted to call me Sam. Does she call me Sam? No. She does call you Samantha. Yeah. Only I don't think Samantha. anyone else calls you Samantha except your parents. My family does, yeah. Huh. My mom named me Anna because she wanted to call me Annie. And for the first 10 years of my life, I was Annie. And then I oh, nice. I put my foot down and said I no like more. It. Yeah. And every so often, my older sister calls me Annie to make me angry. <laughs> You're not an Annie. No. You're definitely But that's what my mom Annie. wanted. She wanted an Annie. Yeah, my mom wanted a Sam and she didn't get one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> clearly both of our mothers are disappointed in us. Yes, they are. <laughs> and my mom does listen to this podcast. Hi, so. Kiki. <laughs> but yours doesn't. So. No, she doesn't. <laughs> so we can say all we want about your mom. <laughs> all right, yeah. I have one more question for you. Okay. Uh, so, which version of the Winant family did you prefer, the movie or the book? Oh, Why? God. All right. And by prefer, I don't mean you liked them. Yeah, here's the thing. If I had to actually <laughs> interact with them, the film version is much preferable. Although, yeah. you did you did accurately point out, Gilbert is a more pleasant person in the book. Yeah, he's, he's so much more innocuous. Yeah. Actually, Dorothy's more fun in the book. Yes. I at least, she's kind of a cipher in the movie. She's kind of vacuous almost. Yeah, in the movie she's basically just exists to move it along. Right. In the book she's complicated. Yeah. But her mom is so awful. Oh my god. Mimi is the worst. She is the worst. Mimi reminds me of people I've known in my life. Yeah, and I'm like, I almost wonder if Dashiell Hammett knew somebody like that. Oh, I'm sure he did. Because he did a good job of writing that. Um... Other than Mimi, I prefer the book, but she's so awful. I would not, I wouldn't be able to be friends with Gilbert and Dorothy in fear of having to interact with their terrible mother. Yes, that's fair. And she's the worst. She is awful. She is the literal worst in that Yeah, book. like Macaulay killed Winant, but, but Mimi is, is the worst. Yes, she is the worst. So that's my answer. Nice, I like it. All right. All right. Shall we do some fake awards? Yeah, fake awards. So what have you got? Uh, so my Jeff Goldblum award goes to Asta. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Thank I wish you. I thought of that. Uh, my Jeff Goldblum award goes to the blatant alcohol abuse. <laughs> uh, what are your other awards? Uh, so the award for fake couple I'd love to be friends with goes to William Powell and Myrna Loy. Totally. And then the Creepy Brother Award goes to Movie Gilbert. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's much more sycophantic in the movie. Yeah, and he's, like, really obsessed with his sister, even more so than he is in the book. Yeah. In the book, he just comes across as very young. Yes. And inexperienced. Yes. And in the movie, it's all about, he's, like, psychoanalyzing her and just... And he, like, believes his mother. Yeah, yeah. What are Uh, your awards? So, uh, the hashtag Relationship Goals Award goes nice. to Nick and Nora. Nice. Making the Most of Being a Rich Heiress Award goes to Nora. Nice. And then the Balls Award goes to Miriam. <laughs> Balls. I like it. <laughs> oh, uh, God. I love this book and movie. Sam, have we come to the end of another episode? I think so. I, I finished my drink, so oh, I think God. we're done. Chug, chug, chug. And Sam has finished her drink. Well done, madam. Thank you. Actually, that was quite good.
yeah, it's <laughs> I mix a fine martini. You do, you do indeed. I I have found martinis taste better at the end. Than they at the do beginning. exactly. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, that's really good. I mean, it's not. It's always been good, but it tasted even better in that last gulp. Yeah, because you've already like destroyed your palate exactly. by drinking gin. So, <laughs> I mean, I tend to like gin, so it's not a problem. I have a hard time with any just like straight hard alcohol. Yeah. The at Short Path Distillery actually they make a real they like all their gin drinks are really good. Adapted with Anna and Sam is brought to you by Short Path Distillery <laughs> located in Everett, Massachusetts. Check them out. Tell them he sent us. Tell them we sent you. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's clearly that's better. <laughs> we just came from there. They're not actually our sponsors, but no, they could be. They could be. Email us at adaptedwithannaandsam.com. No, no. So what are we going to do next? <laughs> what are we going to drink next episode? That's an important That's question. That's something we'll have to think about because next episode, we will be talking about Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones. Published in 1986, it was adapted in 2004 by Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli. And we will be joined by a very special guest who happens to be a huge Yay. fan of the story and also happens to be a sister to one of us. And it's not me. Oh, it's me. It's Yay. my sister. Yeah, special guest host. What? And a special drink that we have yet not decided upon it. yet. So stay tuned. <laughs> In the meantime, help us spread the word. Rate and review us on iTunes. Tell your friends, your coworkers, distant relatives how great Adapted with Anna and Sam is, how hilarious we are. Uh, and how you know what? How drunk we are. How what we are? How drunk we are. I don't know what you're talking about, Sam. <laughs> you're just, you're so pretty. Oh. I wish everyone could see how pretty you are. Oh, thanks, guys. We need to have a video cast. Oh, oh F no. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you can't just wear your yoga pants. Exactly. And, I mean, I did brush my hair today. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't tell that. Um, and we want to hear from you guys, so send us your questions, your comments, and your six degrees to, also, if you'd like to be our sponsor, yep. uh, send it to adaptedwithannaandsam at gmail.com. And adaptedwithannaandsam is all one word. Yes. You could also paste it on, post it on Facebook. You could paste it on Facebook, too, yeah. but posting is better. That's, yes. I literally take the paste out of the tube, slap <laughs> it on the screen. Uh, you can find us at adapted with anna and sam you can follow us on twitter and instagram at adapted podcast let's keep this drunk conversation going thanks for listening to adapted with anna and sam i'm anna and i wish romancing the stone was based on a book i'm sam and i wish thin man's four through six was based on a book (laughs) Bye. bye